listeners, welcome to Inside Techcom with your host Zohra Mutabana. In season 4, I hope to bring to you different perspectives and interests that intersect with our field. Let's get started. Hello folks, welcome to another episode of Inside Techcom with Zohra Mutabana. Today, I have an amazing guest who I have chatted with a few times and have gotten to know over the last few years his name is Marcus C Bauer hey marcus it's awesome to have you on my show today thanks for having me sora it's a pleasure yes it's my pleasure so without further ado please can you share a little about yourself sure yes i'm uh, from uh, germany and uh, originally i studied uh, computer science in uh, munich so i've quite a tech uh, background and then a bit randomly i got into the translation and localization industry over a decade ago and you have been doing based on your linkedin profile you are focused on e-learning localization yes. um, we, we are focused on e-learning documentation and technical documentation uh, to help companies uh, grow internationally So tell me a little bit about your company. So I started Gateway Translations around 11 years ago and over time we grew a lot. We work in 45 uh, languages. Uh, we have clients in the US and Canada in many European countries. We worked uh, with GitHub, uh, General Electric, some startups, uh, a wide uh, range of clients. on on their technical documentation e-learning and and website translations 45 languages ah uh, that's amazing now i have never encountered or rather in my career i have not had to translate work with translation companies unfortunately so tell me convert translating to 45 languages is the process similar for each language or is it different like what does that process look like at your company specifically one of the most important things is to start with what you want to achieve there are many ways how you can do translation human translation you can have the four i principle you can have ai translation ai assisted translation you need to properly prepare files or you will multiply the mess you already had imagine you translate your documentation sometimes we translate into 20 languages for a client and a file was not properly formatted and it's fine for english but when you translate it and let's say in spanish or german the text expands a lot then it might look very different and then when you have to fix that later in 20 languages it's quite a lot of work and not an enjoyable work it's a cost it can delay things so it's important to properly uh, prepare files and choose the, the right translation company or even can be internal translators or freelance translators there are different setups how to approach uh, translation so one of the things that you touched upon was cost and i want to come back to that but before that i'm just very curious to know are there any exotic languages that you have translated to um yes for example maybe for you is not exotic like marathi but 
many people might not even know that uh, language in the US. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I, I never thought, uh, generally, I would think of Hindi. But mm -hmm. for my listeners, Marathi is a language spoken in the Western state of Maharashtra. Mm -hmm. Right. And the script may be very similar to Hindi. But mm -hmm. yes, it's its own unique language. Mm -hmm. and very rich and I'm so thrilled to hear that that is what categorized as an exotic language yes it's not exotic <laughs> to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so is the process very similar for other like you know for an exotic mm -hmm. language in this context would it be very different from other European languages it can be challenging when it comes to encoding uh, let's say software localization if a software is not prepared for some scripts that could cause some issues or some fonts they don't do well with certain languages now we had a client in arabic which is a right to left languages and that changes many things the bold print was not visible and one of our project managers caught that and then discussed with the client how can we solve this because it changes the user experience if the bold print basically uh, disappears. Oh, yeah. I never thought about the user experience aspect of it. That's a very important aspect that one needs to think about, right? Yes. And there are also other right-to-left uh, uh, languages, uh, which are less well-known, but especially with Arabic, with Hebrew. So for the Arabic documentation, when we have a figure, let's say, with two axes, then we also need to invert the figure. Yeah, you can imagine uh, if you had yeah, like a, a figure that was the other way around, right, in English, that would be super weird and confusing and, and not professional and hard to understand. So for Arabic uh, people, it, it might be similar. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of things to think about here. Challenges. I guess, curveballs that one should keep in mind. So looks like there's a lot of good pointers that you're giving our listeners if they are ever considering having their content translated into. Because I thought it is, it's a pretty straight line, but it's definitely not. It doesn't seem like a straight line to me from point mm -hmm. A to point B. There could be a lot of zigzags. Yes, and it's the saying, you don't know what you don't know. So clients make assumptions based on some things they don't know and that can cause issues later and then many translation companies they just see themselves as a company that okay please send me the translations and then i will send you back the translations properly translated but that's not enough so there is a lot of hand holding involved here yes that adds, that adds a lot of value it adds a lot. Okay, so now I think we've talked about cost and value. So please tell me, what is the value versus cost for translation, you know, mm -hmm. for companies that may be holding back from translating or thinking of shortcuts? What are some things that companies should keep in mind? I think you have touched upon some good nuggets, but what else can you think of and share with us? Yes, so for example, as a German user, I have used different company services, their documentation, and then it's interesting how I approach it and how they didn't really consider that. So let's say 
when I look for specific information, I would often search on Google, but some other people, they might go on the company website. So they search in German on the company website, or I search in German on Google, and then you wouldn't find anything if the documentation doesn't exist in uh, German. Okay. So can you elaborate a little bit on that? Mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm kind of trying to understand in terms of the value versus cost. Can you add some more meat to it? Yeah. So especially for products used by developers, software products, they like to research features to look into details before they buy the product or maybe it's a it's a freemium product maybe that's less common in in with enterprise software but people do a lot of research about very specific technical aspects of a product and when someone searches in german and then nothing is coming up might be even a competitor's product coming up at least that's the case for publicly facing uh, documentation so is this where Search engine optimization becomes critical? Yes, because in different languages, it's maybe not an exact translation, but oh, um, I see what you mean. People use, uh, use different keywords. Keywords, I see. So, mm-hmm. what would you recommend to your client whose content may not appear in German, but may be appearing in English in Google? What should they keep in mind? It's good to see uh, how is the English documentation doing, which content performs well, and also um, what do you want people to do? Do you assume that if people spend a lot of time on a page, then that's good because they have more understanding? Or does it mean that it's a little bit hard to use, that that feature or the product? Um, You need a holistic uh, perspective. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Thank you for shedding more light on it. Another thing that I came across in your profile was you talk about machine translation versus AI-assisted, artificial intelligence-assisted translation versus human translation. Now, human translation is evident. It is Mm -hmm. a human translating it for you without any, I suppose, right? Would that be right? Right. Right. But I thought that machine translation was AI-assisted translation. But it seems like there is a distinction. Can you please tell us what that distinction would be? Sure. So what you see these days, some companies, they assume, let's just use AI to translate our documentation for a smaller market and see how much traffic we get, if it's worth it to then kind of correct this a bit or even use human translation. Just as a first step, that's something in in the field of technical documentation or let's say on social media, on Twitter, people click on a button and then the tweet is translated to another language. There's no human involved there. And sometimes you can see that from the quality. Right. So is that machine translation or is that AI? I mean... AI translation is more the term that people outside the industry use. And in the translation industry, people usually speak of uh, machine translation. And then AI-assisted translation, where you have a machine translation, AI translation, and then a professional translator 
will correct that. And it's a kind of particular uh, skill set. Oh, is it? Yeah. So somebody who's been doing human translation would not be a good fit for content that is machine translated? Yes, like it could be similar to a technical writer and a technical editor. They are different skills. They're so, different skills. Uh, okay. Creating something from scratch, especially translators who have been doing this for some decades, they might not like to work with AI translation. I see. Okay, lots, lots to think about there. Lots to think about. Now, ChatGPT is here. Mm -hmm. And though I didn't intend this to be my theme for season four, I think it's very relevant that we talk about its mm -hmm. impact. From your perspective, I mean... AI has been used in machine translation for quite some time now, right? I think in my season three, I spoke with Lisa Zarful mm -hmm. and she talks about machine translation and how it has evolved, but it hasn't eliminated, you know, human editors. Mm -hmm. You still have that human component very strongly present. What is your take on that question before I go on to my chat GPT question and specifically? Yes. There are some market segments where people just use something like Google Translate and publish it. But when it comes to um, professional documentation for a software company, for an engineering company or other fields, then there are always uh, humans involved. Okay. Now with ChatGPT entering the arena, what do you think the future will be like? In the translation industry, there are lots of manual tasks and they take a lot of time for people on the client side, people on a, in a translation agency. And I think there will be more and more use cases to uh, reduce the effort for these tasks. Like, let's say, terminology extraction to find the key terminology in an English text extract that so that you can build a term-based glossary. I see. So that's that's an example where you think there's that manual element involved which ChatGPT would not be able to replace. Potentially, there are many use cases that we cannot even imagine now. I think the biggest aspect of ChatGPT is that AI translation really went into the mainstream. Oh, that's all you think? <laughs> I see. So yeah. you, you don't feel like ChatGPT is a threat to human translators, like translation editors. It's not going to replace them or eliminate those professions. In some ways, it is. For example, a Fortune 500 client, they decided now because they sold less in the last quarter and that they will not have translators work on their documentation anymore and they will just use AI and then they will have internal people correct their mistakes. So basically, by getting into the mainstream, like the visibility for ChatGPT, that reduces work for translators because uh, clients feel that they can quickly edit this internally. At the same time, there's a lot more work because the content has been increasing. There's a lot more content in the internet, generally speaking. We translate into more languages because the world is more connected. 
So overall, the, the translation volume has been increasing, especially when it comes to the AI-assisted translation. Okay. So from what I understand, it seems like companies are already leveraging ChatGPT and eliminating or sort of reducing that manual involvement. Is, is yes. that right? Okay. Yes. I see. So there is a worrisome trend in that sense. Yes, in, in, in some ways, the quality of documentation will go down a lot. I'm so glad you're talking about the quality of the content going down. Mm. So you, you see that, that as a real sort of taking away from the value of the content in that sense. Mm, yes, and there are a lot of hidden costs because I, mean, I don't want to mention this company publicly, of course, but when we look at the engineers who have a very different role than editing translations and they validated translations before, but now they should really clean up the whole translation without any terminology management and they don't have this knowledge how to set up a process. That's quite a recipe for disaster. And I wonder how many companies are in a similar boat. There are great applications and ways to set up AI and translate a lot more content faster at lower cost, but you need knowledge or you need a tech partner for, for that. And uh, you cannot just do that from today to tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's quite an effort. Okay. Uh, so that is where the value of value versus cost, that's another aspect where companies are compromising on value to save some cost. Yes, and now there was an issue with Samsung where employees used ChatGPT and you should never enter confidential data also into Google Translate. It's quite a risk and some companies, they even block such websites for the whole company. Yep, yep. I read about where user history, user chat history was revealed accidentally and, you know, companies that are experimenting with ChatGPT ended up exposing their intellectual property, right? Their mm -hmm. source code. But so those are, those are valid concerns. Absolutely. Another thing that comes to mind is we talk about bias in data. And with translation, there is a higher chance for any bias or inappropriate content to kind of get mm -hmm. through, right? Without the right filters. Mm -hmm. And would you agree? Yes, uh, I saw that on some big social media sites where some very um, normal, innocent posts, they would be very insulting and some profanity and sometimes racism because of errors in the translation. Marcus, as we've talked about, you know, all these challenges, what advice would you have for your clients or companies out there on when to use AI-assisted translation versus human translation? It's important to really look at the accuracy you want to achieve with the translations. If it's something very uh, critical, then it makes sense to use uh, human translation. And we should also consider in the past, we often had a translator and then we had a second person proofreader, editor, who would fully check the translation against, uh, let's say, English source and edit it. 
And now if we move from this 4i principle to uh, AI-assisted translation, you just have one person there, and then the role of the project manager is really important. So for some applications like uh, medical devices, life sciences, where it's very uh, critical to have extremely high accuracy, AI translation uh, might not uh, be a good starting point. Oh, okay. That sounds like one of the limitations of AI-assisted translation. Are there any other limitations that you can talk about? Yes, so when you have very specific terminology, then it's challenging because you have to change a lot. And there's a certain type of blindness when you, as a, we call it post-editor, so basically a linguist, a translator who edits the AI translations, when you have a huge project and you don't create it from scratch, you just try to find the errors. Another limit is really the existing translation. So if you have a huge translation memory of existing translations, translation memory is a bilingual um, format, let's say, of the English source and the Chinese translation. And then you can also train AI. And that is really powerful. So this is the positive, the pros for using yes, AI, yes. not a so, limitation. Yeah, if if you have that existing translation memory, then it's great. But if you have the very specific terminology, you start translation from scratch or you get into many new languages, then it's really a limitation. And we call it low resource language, like a language where there's not so much training data online, let's say something like Marathi or maybe like Vietnamese, there can be many languages where the quality of the AI will be uh, much lower. And also another limitation is that you cannot use the same machine translation engine and expect good quality for every language. For the said Chinese documentation translation, you will get much better results with some Chinese engines, but then you would also need to consider uh, data protection. Yeah, excellent, excellent pointers in everything that you've shared with us so far. I believe I've covered a good set of questions that come to my mind. Is there anything that you would like to touch upon other than what we've talked about? Mm -hmm. Another interesting point uh, with AI translations, machine translations, mm, let's call them self-learning. AI, basically it learns just like training data based on user input. So when the translator translates one sentence for the next sentence, it will consider the previous translation. And that is something very unique and powerful. And we have some technology for that. So when there's specific terminology, or it can also consider a specific style that goes a long way compared to very generic engines where it doesn't matter if you translated one page or a thousand pages, the AI will not learn. I'm a little confused here. So you, I think what you just said about AI being able to self-learn. Mm -hmm. So is machine translation, we, we touched upon that, machine translation versus AI-assisted translation. Mm -hmm. 
would machine translation not have the ability to self-learn versus AI assisted, like using chat GPT would be a, a, an advantage. Is that where you're trying to draw the distinction? Mm, yes, there's another technology we use. There's there are a lot of technologies available for different okay. use cases where you translate one sentence in one way and one technical term in one way. And then when this technical term occurs again, this will be uh, considered. But if you use something like Google Translate, that wouldn't be uh, the case. Ah, I see. So I, my apologies, because I, when I think of machine translation, AI assistant translation, I did not know that there could be nuances in the technology that you're oh, using yes, or the engine yeah. that you're using. Yes, it's huge uh, what's out there. Yeah, apparently, of course. <laughs> my short-sightedness that I missed on that. This has been a very revealing discussion to me because I, like I said, I know a bit about machine trans, I mean, uh, the translation industry, but this has given me a very different perspective and insight. Again, I believe we've covered a good set of questions and we've been, uh, you know, something very new, very different. Anything else that you would like to add? I think that's all from my side. Yeah, this has been a great conversation, Marcus. Thank you so much for coming on my show for your time and for enlightening our listeners with, uh, you know, with all the hidden gems. Thank you, Sora. It has been a pleasure. It has been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, such as Google, Apple, or Spotify. For the latest on my show, follow me on LinkedIn or visit me at www.insidetechcom.show. Catch you on another episode.